I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, guys. Uh, just a little uh, sort of uh, public announcement <laughs> before the show. Um, this week, some things uh, occurred during the recording to put my mind in, in other areas i do apologize about that so i have had made a couple of boobs so those hardcore iron maiden fans out there like myself and included i missed um attached speed of light to the wrong album and completely forgot about el dorado and also completely forgot about yannick gers uh it wasn't deliberate i just my brain went elsewhere um so those big fans out there i do apologize apologize to yannick as well i do make up for it in the second half um, but those that don't get to the second half will not be able to shake a fix, fist at me and tell me, burn him, burn him. Um, I got it right in the end. Um, as you know, I don't edit this show, so it wasn't until I listened back I realised I'd made a boob. Enjoy the show, um, forgive my errors, and uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Bye for now. Welcome, guys, to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Yes, Heavy Metal Tones here on a lovely, sunny Monday afternoon here in the nation's capital of Australia, Canberra. Uh, now, as you would have seen if you'd watched my TikTok videos, and I, I'm sure some of you do, uh, that I have decided this week to revisit the first album I ever talked about, one of the first albums I ever talked about way back in the midst of time when I had a crappy microphone, I didn't have a door, and it doesn't mean a door on my room, I mean a DAW, a digital audio workstation, and I just was, you know, sort of lockdown-ish time, and I set on this adventure to, you know, just chat to the world, and, uh, you know, do what I do, and... Uh, this album came out now it's by obviously as you can tell by the if you've looked at the thumbnail and you've clicked on the show you know by now it's Iron Maiden's 16th studio or 17th studio album sorry uh, Senjutsu which uh, sort of vaguely um, translates to 
strategy and tactics or tactics and strategy which is uh is to say that this album is now the last time i i, I did eulogize about it i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna talk differently about it this time um more more in depth i think uh we're not gonna go through all of the lyrical content of the songs but i will like look at the the, the the ideas behind it the musical um ups and downs of the album now it came out in uh, 2021 okay in around about the August the 19th time over here uh, right smack in the middle of four days I think it was four days into our lockdown here in Canberra the proper lockdown it uh, is one hour and 21 minutes long it's a double album it's got one of the best Eddie covers uh, of the post of the since the millennium in my opinion um the eddie japanese warrior the uh the sh the shogun whatever you know that you would like to call them terrifying um mixture of 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 ancient um culture and modern horror with uh, mark wilkinson on on duties there uh, absolutely beautiful compared to the uh, the um speed of light eddie you know, we won't mention that um you know uh, i don't the final frontier eddie we probably shouldn't even mention the album to be honest with you but we won't mention the the that one because i thought that was the end of eddie i thought he'd gone and then of course mercifully mercifully we got um the mayan eddie which was brilliant absolutely brilliant this one is just a little bit better i think anyway outside of the artwork what's inside the medium on the tape or the cassette or the cd or the streaming well we have a quite a tasty little um lineup of songs we have uh, senjutsu stratego uh, writing on the wall which was the lead out single followed by stratego lost in the lost world days of future past the time machine darkest hour death of the celts the parchment and hell on earth um, and four of these tracks were written solely by Steve Harris, and no surprise there that they're my favourite on the album. That's uh, Lost in a Lost World, Death of the Celts, The Parchment, and Hell on Earth. It is a very strong album. It's produced by Kevin Shirley. Um, as I said, the album covers by Mark Wilkinson and Michael Commandy, it says there. I've written, I can't read my handwriting, so I apologise for that. Um, it got to number three in Australian uh, metal charts, number one in the normal charts. It charted at number two in a, in the UK, um, and in the US, it got to number one in the Billboard Top 100 and number two in the alternative charts. Um, it's first album for quite some years. Uh, it did. It had its flaws when it was released. Firstly, released during a time when um, the world was in a bit of an uncertainty. The one good thing about this album, and I'm going to really, really stick this to people that that did it at the time because it really annoyed me at the time, is that it's nothing is nothing COVID related, related on this album. Nothing. They haven't pandered to oh, this right a COVID song. It's the end of the world. Um, no, they didn't. Haven't done that. Steve Harris and the boys have stuck with what they do very, very well. They do literature, you know, um, classic literature-related 
songs they do intelligent um concept songs they do um sort of grown up uh almost university sort of songs you know what i mean they don't it's not about chasing women around cars and um you know and sniffing coke and doing dope and all that kind of crap um they 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 really are an intelligent band i mean it steve harris alone along with um bruce dickinson are two very very smart cookies and of course and then you have you have you know adrian smith who's a you know extremely uh well-educated young boy uh and dave murray and of course nico mcbrain you know um yes he's found god um but that's fine that's no problem that doesn't cause an issue he his music still is the same as as ever um not that they were not that that makes any difference don't know why i brought it up um he's not been well recently they had a stroke back in january uh so we i really wish him all the best recovery i mean he's recovering apparently very very well but uh you know he's a fit young man when i say young man a fit older man he plays his golf he lives in america doesn't drink doesn't smoke and he's doing pretty well for himself looking after himself Um, but these things happen right now the production on this album i think is the best production definitely since hmm, it's a big call but i think definitely since dance of death um yeah i definitely say so or even before actually probably brave new world uh it it, uh it doesn't have it's it's got the more mature maiden sound which some people i have been told uh they find it boring um those people can um leave my presence now forthwith and leave if you think that if you don't and you want to keep listening by my guess but boring it is not um so it's not a million miles an hour in the speed, but Maiden never were. Um, Maiden were about complicated, interesting time changes and um, dual guitars and uh, brilliant um, full full depth drumming and and and, and of course the air raid siren and vocals of Bruce Dickinson and the punk aesthetic of Paul Diano. So it was never about speed, speed, speed. If you want speed, then you, know, you can go over to your, your Slayers and your Metallicas and your all that, which are wonderful. But when you turn to Maiden, you don't go there for speed. You go to Maiden for pure rhythmic beauty. And that's what you get from this album. This is possibly... It does sound uh, a great deal uh, like uh, music lift. I originally thought when I reviewed this way back in the midst of time that I thought it, was, it sounded like it was leftovers from... Um, the previous album but I actually think uh, I actually think that this is more like um, sounds wise particularly single um, writing on the wall I think it has I originally had a, had a Mayan feel to it I'm actually reconsidering it after a year or so of listening I think it sounds much more like uh, musically like they've taken off stuff from from um, final frontier now i've you probably gathered it's not an album that i enjoy it's not an album that i go back to regularly it has got some doozies on it um i really love when the wind blows um but that's because i like steve harris's epic literary um jaunts okay but 
Yeah, it sounds musically like that. I originally thought that it, it that it came off the previous. I really did, but no, no, it, it's certainly more um, sonically like I don't know whether they, the guitar sound with the Murray and and uh, and so on have refound the sound from that album, or they've got bits they want to reuse. I mean, you know, musicians have lots of things they reuse and they find. If I didn't use them for that album, I use it for this album and so on. Um, and that brings me to. Uh, a lot of chagrin that people gave this album. Uh, I mentioned it before, Matt, my good friend Matt, who's probably the biggest Maiden fan I've ever met, and I thought I was pretty bloody big, but this guy, this guy is just un, out, what he doesn't have, and what he doesn't own, and what he doesn't know about Maiden. You could put on a stamp. It's ridiculous. He's he, he's the go-to man if you want anything Maiden. Really, he is the man to be to talk to, and he reached out to me when the single came out and was it was quite distraught um you know he generally was uh, he he was whoops maybe knocking my mic he really didn't like writing on the wall in the same way that I didn't like speed of light and what the problem was at the time as I explained to him that one single does not make an album and to be fair on this album there is a couple of singles available. Yes, Stratego, which came out secondly, which is a brilliant single. But unfortunately, Maiden have never been... You might say, no, Tony, no. They brought out, you know, Number of the Beast and Run to the Hills and Wicker Man. No, they're not really singles band. They are not. They are they are a album band. And yes, single success is delicious. And single success is good and used to be the be-all and end-all. But really, when you're musicians as good as these guys, it isn't about singles. How can you contain um, nine minutes and ten seconds in a single? How can you edit down? I mean, it's like trying to say, let's make a single version of Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or Empire of the Clouds. It's madness. It, it, it's just absolute madness. It can't be done. Uh, and so um, it came out the single. And yes, it doesn't sound like tradition maiden, does it? It doesn't have the gallop. It's a little bit thin. It's got kind of a. It, it definitely sounds like from uh, Final Frontier. It it sort of feels um, tacked on. I mean, it's written by um, Bruce Dickinson and uh, Adrian Smith, I believe. Look, it's not a bad song. Um, would I skip it on the album? No, because I never skip anything. When it comes to Maiden, uh, would I release it as a single first off? No, I probably wouldn't have done because it got a lot of stick. Um, I would have gone straight out with Stratego, I'll probably even or even Senjutsu, uh, to be fair. But you know, we're not the music execs. We're not in the band. It's n not our choice. It's their choice, and not every choice that these musicians make is correct. Um, it was correct for them. It just wasn't correct for a lot of people, and I think it put it put a lot of people on 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 tender hooks worrying what what is the album going to be like if this is the single but man they didn't need to worry and and as as matt said afterwards i really should listen to your tone and it, it, and i was right i was absolutely right i went onto youtube made a video and i said look come on calm down guys this is <laughs> you know we've all been there a long time and we've listened to bands where singles don't work they they just don't work and they don't demonstrate the album and they almost sometimes ruin the, the feel of an album it's what i tend to not listen to lead out singles and bands on albums now um there's a new stephen wilson album coming out on the 29th of 
September, uh, the Harmony Codex. I've only I've only listened to one single, purely because it came across in my feed and I'd forgot to press stop and I just listened to it and sort of wish I hadn't because I don't I want to go into the album on that day, that night absolutely fresh eared. I don't want to be the point where and I've, we've all done it. The single was played so much that when you get the album, you almost skip that song because you've learned it. You've heard it so much, and for me that's just. It's a, it's, why it's a spoiler, you know. I love the old days where singles that came out from bands weren't on the album. Maiden have done it, right? Uh, Marillion do it. I've done it. A lot of bands have done it, uh, where the single that they released was not on the album, and I think that that makes a lot more sense because when you buy the album, then you have a, a whole new sensation, right? You might bung the the album song on a special. You know, second last, you know, hidden track on a CD or if it's on vinyl, tuck it right at the end, you know, but I don't know. Anyway, where do I go from here? Now, it was their first album for six years since the previous one. And, you know, that was a brilliant tour, had some great out songs on it. Um, as I said, uh, Empire of the Clouds is up there with, with Alec, for me, with Alexander the Great, um, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and When the Wind Blows. Uh, for epic maiden album closures, right? <laughs> you know, what a way to to, to end an album um, with the longest song they've ever produced. Uh, it's and this album has another one of those absolute fucking doozies on it, which I won't get to yet. I want to. We'll get to that in a minute. We we'll probably get to those when we get to the other side. Um, but it's a is it a concept album? I think to myself. There's a lot of war mentioned on this album. There's a lot of um, I don't know. Not uh, there's a lot of lot of conflict, I should say, on this album. I don't think that means it's a concept album. I think it's just the way that the minds of Steve and Dave and Adrian and Bruce and Nico work. Um, they just they enjoy. I know, for instance, Bruce is a big Second World War buff being a pilot um you know uh steve loves his ancient history and his poetry um i know that um the adrian and, and 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 dave are big history buffs as well nico nico is just loves anything right nico is just nico um and loves a bit of a laugh and he'll he's if you're gonna have the jester song on this album it'd be from him i'm sure Although he hasn't written many, I think, in the history of the um, bands. I think it's only two, isn't it? But anyway, I could be wrong. Maiden fans, don't get me wrong. Don't jump down my throat on it. Um, yes, so. There is some really complicated themes that are coming up we're going to talk about. But musically, I think it's the most mature. There is some wonderful changes of rhythm, some turns of speed, some only issues I will have with this album and I had it with the previous album and I've had it with Bruce for quite some time now is that he he love him I love Bruce and I'm so looking forward to the new solo album that's going to come out next year um he seen he's much more pleasant he's better to hear when he's in the lower register and a lower key um when he tries to to hit those really hard and high fast stuff he loses it he almost becomes inaudible and the lyric is lost. Um, and sadly, I think that's him just trying to 
be the air raid that he always siren that he always has been and you know good on him for trying it's just there's bits there where he does he goes up that key and you just got you go oh come on bruce bring it back and i think that was one of the problems with um writing on the wall there's a bit there in the middle where he sort of it almost becomes unmusical and that's not what I mean in a, I don't mean it in a bad way it just sort of becomes just you can't hear him he's just wailing which is fine um, but not really Brucey is he you know Bruce Annunciation apart from when he plays live we all know when he's live and he speeds up like we've all heard live versions of Hello Be Their Name where we can barely hear the lyric he can't understand what he's saying that's just the band speeding up that's just him speeding up right Anyway, that's one of the, I think, one of the issues with the latter albums, why this one is a better album, because I think someone's whispered in his ear and said, look, Brucey, uh, we're going to play this in this key. What do you reckon? And he was probably going to go, yeah. And, and that may be a consequence of the cancer that he was suffering um, and the throat issues that he suffered um, up leading up to the album. Could be that. It could be just, uh, you know, a whisper in the ear by, by old... Uh, Kevin Shirley, who knows what he's doing, uh, the mutt they call him, or might be even just a realization that Bruce has come to. Anywho, that's enough jibber jabber about what I think about the album, where it sits in the pantheon. Uh, we'll go and get a fresh drink. We'll pause it. We'll listen to some adverts. They might sell you some furniture. Who knows? Uh, you know, and who knows? If my age group listen to the show, could be anything. Sinatogen, even. Anyway, <laughs> um, I will pause it now. We'll chat very soon. Talk to the other side, guys. Bye for now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the show. Now, I'd also like to put a caveat out there for those that are still listening, that any maiden is good maiden. Even bad maiden, and there is some, we all have to admit that, there are is good, is good maiden. So while we have the joyous um, life of a band in our lives, like maiden, let's just um, enjoy every minute that they give us, uh, because who knows when they might just chuck it in. And that day will come and that day will be a very sad very very sad day um, for a lot of us I'm not going to even try and bring it up because it might happen don't put it in the ether leave it on the back burner anyway now I'm not going to go through every single track on this album uh, because I could be here all day I'm just going to pull out some individual tracks the ones that I feel I think that are real standouts uh, and I'm going to start with um, I'm going to start with Death of the Celts you're saying Tony but that's halfway down the album that's on the second album yes it is but it is truly I want to this, I'm picking this one out because this truly is a very special special song it's special for it's 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 what it what it talks about it's special in it's musical Musicality, it's special in the pantheon of Maiden songs in general. Firstly, um, it is one of the... I Look, I told this in the last part, the first time I mentioned this podcast, I put this album on, as I always do, I get, I want peace and quiet on my own, I shut my bedroom door, I turn the lights off in the dark, I put the headphones on, and I play it. And when, we got to death, when it got to Death of the Celts, I won't deny this, um, dear listeners, um, I cried. I openly wept. I had to get a tissue. I I couldn't. I couldn't control myself. I. When I was, I'm feeling teary now. When I was, um, when I first heard "Rhyme in the Ancient Mariner," which I still, as you know, I considered the greatest song, heavy metal song ever written. Um, when I first heard that song. It took me somewhere I can't possibly even describe. You know, I was walking down, if anyone from Hendon, <laughs> where I was born and bred, I was walking up Church Lane near the church there. I told a story before. Um, I'd bought the album on cassette and 
by the time I got from Brent Cross, our price in Brent Cross, to Church Lane, that's when Rhyme the Ancient Mariner came on, and I had to stop, and I stopped in my tracks, and I sat on a bench opposite the church, and I felt I was so naughty because it was the most darkest music I've ever heard, loudest and heaviest music. But the music, that piece of music, genuinely, and I mean genuinely, changed my life. Um, and I felt that same weird way about Death of the Celts. Uh, I love music, as you know, as we all listen to this podcast do, otherwise we wouldn't be listening to it. Um, I love music in a way that some people don't. You know, I will... Um, enjoy the nuance of one or two note changes i find um beauty in the darkest places in the strangest of of note combinations the way that a little thing comes in here or disappears there or something emerges from the back all these sort of little things i find stimulating and with death of the Celts, steve harris's bass part is truly 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 one of the greatest bass lines of them all. Um, it, I don't know where that came from, Steve, mate, but more of the same, please, more of the same. It is just truly, it's like another one bites a dust. It's like the Who's, the bass solo in um, my generation, right? It's like Giddy Lee, anything that Giddy Lee would do. It's just... You know, it, it, it stopped me. It stopped me and I cried. Um, but that wasn't the only part, the reason that, that song moved me. It moved me because of what it's about. Uh, uh, now, you know, you might say, oh, it's just about, what is it there for the Celts? The Celts are the ancient um, peoples and, you know, Christianity has, uh, has, has changed that. But no, what, for me, what um, Steve Harris is talking about is the the not invasion of the Romans in 45 AD, 43 AD? Sorry, Claudius inv uh, invaded England and changed the, the the landscape, the religious landscape, and the the rhetorical, you know, the heterical. What the wrong word? I'm trying to think. The um, the the uh, educational landscape. That's what I'm trying to say. Of 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 Britain, and for 45 years. They ventured um, up to get to Scotland, um, and they weren't. See, the word invasion is really a hard one here because the Romans didn't invade England; they arrived. The English, actually, or the native Britons at that time, um, apart from a few tribes like the like the 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 uh, Iceni, um, they were quite openly um, sort of welcomed. Because they brought um, trade, they brought um, education, they brought, you know, everyone knows that lovely line, you know, in Life of Brian, what did the Romans ever do for us, right? Well, that's basically what they did, in a nutshell, okay? But they brought at a time when Christianity was still starting to flood through into the Roman um, uh, Empire, and, they, and what they did is they they would assimilate uh, local gods or deities of the Celts and of the of the Britannic tribes 
and they would use them and sort of blend them with their Roman gods, right? But then they started to sort of move towards a from a polyethonic poly polyethic can't say the word to a um, mono monoethistic. I can't say the word. I mean, you know, many gods to one god. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, and so that when they when that happened, um, they started to sort of. It was when they were moving more towards the borders of Scotland and Wales, and they were attacking the. They were being attacked by the Picts, which are from Scotland, um, and the you know the Welsh Celts, um, and the Druids, and so on. So they were trying. They were they were um, fighting these borders to more so not in, in on a several different levels to go forward into the lands and to conquer the lands because of the tin and the ore and the metals and the natural resources that the country had but also to it sort of spread the word of christ um is what they were doing later towards the um campaign in britain um, they were there i mean one of the biggest sort of massacres was on the isle of anglesey um, in Wales, where where they crossed the um, the Menai Straits, which is an eight-kilometer waterway, which takes a lot of uh, getting over, and they slaughtered all of the local uh, Druidic um, and they, uh, natives, and they, they cut all the oak trees down, which were they, which were the sacred to them, and they burnt them to the ground, and they garrisoned that island for three hundred years to protect it from. Um, the Irish, and the uh, and also help um, trade routes through to Scotland, um, up further up into Wales. Now that's what the death of the Celts is about, uh, and that it, and it, you hear in the lyric. And I'm not going to go for the lyric, but that's basically what I have um, maybe simplified it. But that's what Steve is talking about. This is a Steve Harris song again, and. Uh, he, yeah, polyethistic and monoethistic. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so it took, it, the, the battle was at 60, between 60 and 61 AD is when the battle at Anglesey was the first fight. And then there was another one in 71 AD. Well and truly when the, the, Christi the Christian faith was burgeoning across the Roman Empire um, and sort of moving towards all its outer lining um, provinces but that heaviness aside that's what the song is about and I think that's what really gets me because I am most of us are from Celtic backgrounds right um, me my father being from a Welsh family um, grandmother being Scotland I mean it, it, it couldn't get more Celtic that really and so it really sort of sat with me uh, he has a way Steve of of through his music and his lyric I mean he's a, he's a poet laureate he really is a wonderful poet um, he, he, he really you know comes up with the goods when it comes to the depths of the lyric and and musically it is fantastic as I said the bass line the guitar parts the drumming Bruce's vocals are beautiful I, I just can't help but play that song and I sat there thinking how do I play this bass line I've got to learn this bass line it it, it it really is something of, uh, and, it, and I love the way, it, you know, about six minutes into the song, it just turns on its head and it's a different pace and it's a different 
texture and it's it's got you know the gallop it's got you know different time signatures so progressive and we know that maiden's latter albums are more progressive because that's the band's favorite form of music outside of metal right um, bruce is a big um and steve are big jeffro toll fans yes fans genesis fans you know that they you know they don't shy away from it and they make brilliant heavy metal with within those boundaries but anyway we come out of that song that song aside right then i'm going to look at another really heavy my god when i looked into the into this song more closely it really again another steve harris song and that's the parchment okay it's about the it's well i think it Many people think, and he hasn't said it out loud, but many of us think it's about the Parthian Empire, um, which um, lasted for 400 years, from about 247 BC to 224 AD in what is now Iran. Um, and due to the rise of Christianity, um, they, the, they, the Zoroastrian, which is one of the earliest monotheic religions, it sort of takes a bit of Judaism and sort of Christianity in itself. Uh, I know a few Zoroastrians, actually. It's a very interesting religion. Um, but they were slaughtered by the Emperor Nero um, under his uh, orders to uh, destroy all faith that wasn't um, an adjunct or uh, approved by the Roman state. And so that's what the parchment is about, okay? Wow, heavy shit, right? Um, we've gone from the death of the Celts um, to the annihilation of uh, an ancient, very, very ancient, one of, in fact, one of the oldest ancient religions, uh, organized religions on the planet, which is Zoroastrianism, um, in Iran, by, an, uh, by the Romans again. So... <laughs> What have the Romans ever done for us? Uh, they give us roads, but they took away the religions. Anyway, musically, people... I've heard people say they don't like this song. I think it's one of the most complicated pieces of music on the album, outside of Death of the Celts. I think it has some um, fantastic uh, textures. It's got wonderful time changes. Bruce's vocal in it is lower tone, so it works really well. The two guitar um, attack. I mean, of course, I keep forgetting. I haven't mentioned. See, I'm, he's been with the band for 30 years, and I didn't mention him, did I? I didn't mention, right? I didn't mention he of the silly guitar spinning, right? Um, he also writes songs, okay? And he also is a very intelligent man. Mr. Yannick Gers, look... I've completely forgot to mention him at the beginning. I'm such an old school man. <laughs> He's been with the band since like 1990, for God's sake. Anyway, all three guitars on this particular um, track really sing. Um, you know, there's that fantastic Wishbone Ash dual guitar sound that Steve always wanted now with uh, with Yannick, you know, chiming in. He's got that particular stratty sound that he likes to have. Um, you know, you can sort of hear him and it it's heavy subject right it's a heavy subject matter right? and i you know it wouldn't be a maiden album if it didn't have the occasional heavy subject on it right and then look 
let's have a chat about um, the darkest hour. All right. Now this is um, not a purely Steve song. This is a recorded by, uh, well, written by um, a couple of the band. I think it's uh, Bruce and Steve. Could be Bruce and Adrian. I didn't write it down. Don't get me wrong. It's basically about uh, Churchill and the Battle for Brit of Britain. And now the band are fascinated, as you will know, about um, the Second World War, aerial battles particularly, um, Bruce being a pilot. And the sort of... Uh, I think this is very pertinent, this song. I'm gonna, I'm really going to say this, uh, and I might get myself in a little bit of trouble, but I think it's very pertinent because whether he, whether he was liked... Uh, or not, Churchill was not a liked peacetime prime minister. He wasn't a good peacetime prime minister, but he didn't need to be. Um, you know, he rallied. Yes, he made some very poor decisions. Uh, read the Dardanelles in the First World War. We all know these issues. Um, he's human, right? But in the Second World War, what the British nation needed, and to be honest, what the English-speaking world world needed, was a character who stood up. And said, "No, we're not having this. You're not. You're not you know, marching around this world and thinking that you can own it." Now, I know it's uh, a bit of a, a country position from the a country that had a British Empire that owned a third of over three third, two thirds of the world. I know that. What I'm trying to say is that we that you can't control it with an evil iron hand. Okay. And 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 for all of his frailties, his black dog, his his uh, alcoholism, he's you know he was and will always be one of the most important Britons in the history of humanity. Um, for what what he said, and his just being him, rallying the human, you know, the British nation rallied. I mean, it was a very difficult war. We didn't win that on our own. British, you know, we say the English win the war. We know that it was the Polish and the, you know, the hard-fought French underground, the, 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 you know, the Czechs, the Australians, the Indians, everyone, the Americans. Um, but we fought it hard, and we fought it well, as Bruce would say. And sometime recently in the last few years this whole woke movement is trying to cancel um, people like and write him out of history because they don't like what he says and, what, and you know and he was only human and he did make he was of a Victorian era and he had a different mindset and he would have said some stuff that would have offended and would offend people now but that doesn't mean he's not a great person and a great man in history and this is what this song I think um, is special for because it's celebrating um, the the stand of a small island in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the sea, you know, against uh, a vast German autonomy, autonomy, you know, a machine and a machine-led war, and you know we have to thank the Polish because without the Polish. We, we wouldn't have had the pilots to win that battle in the air um, and you know it's just I don't know it, it, it's a really for me it's a really important song musically because it's just I think it's 
Bruce's best vocal on the album. I think I might keep saying that, but I just think it is probably his best vocal on the album. Um, you really feel the passion and hear it in the voice. I love the sound of the water lapping, uh, which is obviously the channel, um, British English channel, uh, lapping at the beginning, the sound effect. And then, you know, just it, it sits up there with um, two minutes to midnight for me. Um, it really does as a as a sort of reach out to say we're proud of it you know we did what we did and 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 the guys i mean bruce is uh, bruce and steve and all the boys they're they're you know their age now but they're not that far away from knowing people that fought and died in that war um you know and it it is a great piece of music i think it sits perfectly in the mix i think nico's drumming on it is exceptional and it, you know, it sits around about eight minutes long. It's perfect, absolutely perfect for this album. You know, so there's some big, big hitters, big hitters in here. But then, you know, also we go, you're saying, but Tony, where's the literary um, aspect of this album? Where's the, you know, a song based on a book? Well, okay, hold your, hold your horses. We've got one cracker in the time machine. H.G. Wells' 1895 classic album, uh, classic album, classic book that actually invented the concept of time travel uh, for the modern, for the, well, for the masses. I'm sure it was thought about by, by philosophers and scientists, but this was man writing this story. It is a brilliant book. I don't know if you've ever read it. I have read it. Um, the 1960s movie is fantastic. They made a couple of them, uh, one a couple of years ago, which is absolutely a shocker, but the 1960s one is, is brilliant. Um, you know, the way that the way that he 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 travels, you know, through time and, you know, tries not to affect causality. Uh, and, and it's such a Victorian concept, isn't it? It's very, uh, we've conquered the world now, let's conquer the sciences. You know, um, Jules Verne was another great writer, French writer, that also wrote these amazing things like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and, um, uh, you know, brilliant brilliant books. I mean, The First Men of the Moon is a great book I'd like, highly recommend. Obviously, one day Maiden might even do a cover of that song, that book. But it, it, it's a great piece of music. Again, um, lyrically, it tells a story beautifully. I, I, Steve has this knack of making you be able to sort of get the book or the short story or the poem or the, the idea like death of the celts like the parchment um in a snapshot of only eight minutes uh, i don't know how he does it i mean he is a genius we all know that but there's no doubt about that but yeah that's a brilliant one you think well, okay well that's the that's the book now now that's another man that people were trying to erase from history and i find it just hurts it hurts me and i'm sure it hurts a lot of people that this stuff is going on but it's a whole different podcast a whole different corner i won't won't about it fighting because i'm not going to win um and then we have lost in a lost world steve harris's other song on the album uh i originally now this is a absolute cracker because it's right back, right back to Steve Harris's love or um, apathy, maybe, 
for native First People Americans, like Run to the Hills. This is about the um, uh, this is about the genocide of the American First Nation peoples by the American and the British um, settlers, the British settlers that became Americans, I should say. It. Uh, let me just find my notes that I wrote about it. Okay. It's it, what I wrote. It says it's got a beautiful um, guitar that coalesces really lovely with the harmonies in the vocals at the beginning. It changes in the heartbeat. It jumps straight into a maiden gallop, then into a bruisey, full pump, full pump, heavy metal. Um, it's got uh, brilliant um, guitar riffs all the way through it. Steve's bass is is just is just it jumps from one uh, mood to another and it just stops you in your tracks um i just wrote how can anyone keep up with this man <laughs> um and i was writing the guitar solo in six minutes 32 into the song is the best on the album i think i probably am going to say that's the case um it also has a very final frontiery sound in the guitar solo, so I don't know whether they took that from there and 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 used it for stuff that wasn't used in previous on you know in a previous on the album itself. But yeah, it's it's it um it's not as catchy as Run to the Hills and you have to actually look at the lyric or sit down and think about it. It's not as obvious uh but it is a pretty fantastic um look at the uh, annihilation of um, first person nations which is happening everywhere happened in Australia of course it's happening in America South America okay um, anyway I want to try and bring it down to a bit of a light it's a bit heavy and I've gone on quite but then again what can I do what can I say you know it's um, it, these are subject matters that, that he brings up you know there is another there is another pop culture reference in this um, on this album which I thought was one different thing, and when I researched it, found it was something else. And that's Days of Future Past. Brilliant. And I, I would have gone with this as a single, because I like the sing-along chorus to it. And I thought Days of Future Past was based on a, um, a comic strip. Um, but I was absolutely wrong. It's not. It is not. It's actually uh, based on the... The Keanu Reeves movie Constantine. Now Constantine is also a comic strip, so you know, bits and bits and bits and bits and pieces, I suppose. Uh, but it's based on the movie uh, Constantine. It's about the, the, someone that walks between the lines of of heaven and hell and and the reality. Um, not a great movie. Not one of my favourites. I mean, Keanu Reeves is good in it. Um, they could have done a lot more with the movie. I think it's a little bit weak. Um, but, you know, you might love it. You might go, I tell you, that's my favourite movie of all time. So what are you talking about? And if it is, all power to your brother and sister and whatever. I just it, I just find it a little bit weak. I'm not a massive Keanu Reeves fan anyway, to be brutally honest. I think he absolutely destroyed Dracula. Although, to be honest, that movie destroyed itself. Um, but uh, <laughs> I really hate that movie. <laughs> God, I, I love Gary Oldman. 
Gary Oldman is one of my favourite actors of all time. You know, him playing Sid in Sid and Nancy. You know, uh, the evil guy in... Um, the evil cop in in uh, The Professional. Um, you know, or The Assassin, they called it. You know, other country, I think, over here in Australia. Uh, you know, brilliant actor. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant actor. Just think he had a really shocking movie in Dracula anyway side sidestepping I'm sidestepping I'm sidestepping sorry guys that's look really and, and I haven't even spoke about hell on earth you know or um, you know Stratego or even Senjutsu um, because I want I want you to jump into those songs and tell me what you think about them I mean I'm going to tell you that I think Stratego should have been the first single off the album I think the writing on the wall doesn't need to be on the album i think it feels a bit of a miss uh, as album as the albums as the album goes uh, where do i sit it in the pantheon of the 17 um amazing uh, albums that maiden have produced um it's definitely the best since for me it's the best since 2000 since the turn of the millennium uh i think they've managed to reclaim the thickness chunkiness soulful bluesiness um and of the of the band i think they lost it for a little while there i know that steve was going through some marital issues um he wasn't writing a lot of songs and it felt a little to me a matter of life and death um dance of death even though it's got blood brothers on it and passiondale um and you know the i won't mention um like final frontier I think they're a bit thin, to be brutally honest. Um, but you know, the last two have been back, back to form. I think, um, and this hope that they, the next one, whether it be the last or who knows, will be it can, if it can match this one, will be quite interesting because this is an epic, an absolute epic, double album. You have to spend time with it. It's not going to go past very quickly. As I said, it's one hour and 21 minutes. The longest album, I think, to boot, I think. Um, I'll have a look into that. Let me just one second and pause, and I'll tell you if I'm right. Nope, it was the second longest. The the longest is um, the previous one, which is, um, obviously, it was one hour and 32 minutes, the previous album, uh, Book of Souls. I have realised that I've been making a boob um, Speed of Light is actually off Book of Souls. I didn't mean it. I mean El Dorado. That's the song I bloody meant. <laughs> I really don't like it. Um, I, oh, I don't know why I thought Speed of Light. I sure didn't like Speed of Light either, to be fair. So that's probably why it's stuck in my brain. So all you Iron Maiden fans, have, I'm sorry if you turned off because you didn't realise I've made a boob. I just had an old man moment, right? I just had an old man moment. You can forgive me, can't you? Please forgive me. I'm sure you do. Anyway, El Dorado was awful. Um, Speed of Light. I didn't like and of course as we can talk about now writing on the wall another one anyway this is their second longest album it is a cracker of an album uh, I highly recommend you go and sit down and listen to it I've babbled on long enough about it I'm sure I thought I just have to revisit it and chat about chat about this it's um, it's what it's on about what it means to me um, did it make you do it did it give you any emotion did you like me openly weep during death of the Celts maybe not I don't know but it just it just was um, delicious it's just wonderful and 
it, I, I have to say sneakingly that I go to that track first and then I play the rest. Uh, I won't deny that's my usually because I just can't. I want to get it over. I want to just listen to it. Um, sometimes I'll just play the album in in its entirety, but most of the time I'll jump there first and then sort of mix around and go from there. Um, anyway, enough said of me. I've babbled on long enough. Have a really good rest of your day. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I, I love do, doing it. Uh, thank you for those that are reaching out and giving me reviews. I've had some interesting ones from uh, listeners on uh, iTunes. Um, thank you for the negativity and the positivity, okay? We only learn um, from our mistakes, don't we? Or from what people think. I mean, I'm not going to change the way I do the show. It's just nice to know that people have listened and have an opinion. Anyway, bye for now, guys. Keep safe, keep rocking and rolling, and come on, you irons. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.